All right, so I want to lead off the class with a question. Um, yes. Yes? Outstanding. Okay, so you're going to have to elaborate. <laughs> so, so probably yes for, for most of us, actually. So the, the question I've got is, uh, have you, in the course of your life, have you hit a point, have you sinned in a way that you, you, you actually thought, I'm, I'm not sure I can recover from this. I'm not sure this, this might be too much. This might be more than God can take. Or, or do you know somebody who, who might have felt that way, uh, who, who, who might need to work their way through recovery and restoral? My, my, my sense is, my guess is, most of us have. Um, and I will, I will speak for myself uh, a little bit. Um, this, this whole subject, um, we're, we're going to be talking about Psalm 51. Um, and then we're going to talk about Psalm 32 and Psalm 137. Um, before we do that, we're going to get into the story of David and Bathsheba and, and Uriah, and we're going to talk through that. And we're going to talk through uh, Nathan and Nathan's um, um, rebuke um, and, and what he had to say and what God had to say to him through Nathan. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll do all of that this evening. And if we have time, <clears throat> we'll just read through Psalm 51 all the way through. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how I see it as God's road to restoral. Um, not just for David, for, but, but for anybody. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, and then uh, next week, um, Gary Stevenson's going to speak. I'm going to be, uh, Amy and I are going to be in San Diego. Um, so Gary's going to talk a little bit. And what Gary's going to do is he's going to talk about, um, we know David was a man after God's own heart. Um, we know that. Um, why? Why was he, what, what was different about David that made him a man after God's own heart? Um, and that's what Gary's going to try and unpack next week uh, a little bit. And then um, I'll be back, and we'll jump into Psalm 51, and we're probably going to spend a couple of weeks going verse by verse through Psalm 51, um, and we'll do that for a couple of weeks. And then the last week, uh, I want to look at Psalm 32 and Psalm 137, because Psalm 51, I think, is God's way to get back to him um, and, and what that restore looks like, um, but... Psalm 32 and Psalm 137 are just a beautiful picture of what that restored relationship with God looks like. Um, and, and it's a beautiful way. Um, you, you know, you're reading through essentially David's prayer journal in my mind, and, and you're, you're hearing and you're learning from him, you know, so much uh, in, in these rich, rich psalms. Um, so I, I debated... Uh, a little bit about talking anymore about why I uh, am so passionate about this in particular, but I think it's important that I do. Um, I uh, I asked that question knowing the answer for me, um, and 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 some of you know my story uh, a little bit, um, but I hit that point uh, a few years ago, and uh, you know I was uh, uh, convicted. Uh, of some sin in my life, um, 
and it was a very powerful conviction. It was kind of like being being picked up and, and shook around and, and then thrown on the floor. Um, and uh, it was uh, a very powerful experience uh, for me um, to recognize and all of a sudden kind of have blinders fall off my eyes and, and recognize, my goodness, look, look what I've done. Um, and very early in that process, uh, after after um, I came under conviction, I thought, okay, so what what do you want from your life? What do you what do you what do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do about this? Um, who do you want to be? And uh, I thought, well, I I want to be a man after God's own heart. Um, and this was all the spirit guiding me and leading me. This was there was nothing nothing uh, of me in any of this, because I think God told told me you you need to be a man after my own heart. Um, and I got somebody I think you ought to look into and read about a little bit more. And of course, I knew the stories. You know, I've read Psalm fifty one on on more than one occasion. And um, but I thought I want to be a man after God's own heart. And uh, what does that look like? Um, and I immediately thought, well, I've always avoided the Psalms. They, they seem kind of kind of mushy to me. Um, and uh, that was a terrible idea, by the way. If you haven't immersed yourself in the Psalms, what a, what a beautiful thing uh, to do. But I was leafing through the Psalms, and, and I hit on Psalm 51. And uh, if you know Psalm 51 at all, the first words are, Have mercy on me, O God. Uh, according to your unfailing love. And I thought, that's what I need. Um, and so then I started reading through Psalm 51, and I, I read a little bit more, and I read a little bit more, and I read a little bit more. And uh, it was a surface read to begin with, uh, w- without a doubt. But, uh, you know, God uh, started pointing at me and 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 saying, y- "You can you can do this." Um, you know, at one point it talks about um, create in me a pure heart of God and restore a steadfast spirit within me. Uh, and a little bit later, it says, "Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uh, create within me a willing spirit." Um, and I was thinking, I need that. I need that. I need that. I need that. And then as I started looking at it, I thought, I think I need this psalm in my life a lot. Um, so initially I wrote it on a card um, and I carried it around with me. And uh, when I had a few minutes, I would I would kind of percolate on it and I would read on it and stuff like that. And then I thought, you know, I don't know that I need a card. I think I need to, I think I need to memorize this psalm and put it into my heart. And so I did that too. Um, and then I could meditate on it whether I had the card with me or not didn't matter anymore um, and the funny thing is as I meditated on it and as I grew a little bit and as I moved down this process of restoral and restoration which I'm not done with by any stretch of the imagination uh, God would pick out little pieces and parts and and he would show me different pieces and parts as we went through this is what you can look for this is what's important to you this is what you need to understand um, and I began to look at it as my roadmap to recovery um, and my my way to get back. If David could do it, I could do it right. Um, and so, um, and then I, I hit a point, the, the other Psalms come in, I, I hit a point, I was talking to somebody about Psalm 51 and, and, the, and the power of that and what I, what I thought. 
uh, was so powerful about it. And uh, he said, yeah, but Psalm 51 is only part of the story. You, you need to go further. Psalm 32, Psalm 137. Look at those Psalms and look at what you're headed for. That's your destination. Look at those things too. Um, and so, so I did. And, you know, that's, that's a really powerful destination that I'm still, you know, on the, on the path to. And, and, and I believe we're all on the path to. Um, so I, I, I think, um, I think the subject matter is, is, is really powerful. I, I, I don't think you have to have, uh, sinned, uh, in, in a, in an incredible way. Uh, to need this and and to be able to to think your way through it and work your way through it, I think you can be living uh, a a very healthy Christian life and still need mercy um, and still need everything that that God offers through this psalm. Um, so that's why it was important to me. And and early on, I thought, you know, maybe maybe one day I'll teach this. And then Alan said, "You want to teach?" And my default answer to, do you want to get in front of people and speak, is no. And I tried to say no, and I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, so that's, that's why I'm here. I, I, think, God, uh, I think God has a lot, uh, obviously, throughout his word, but I think this is really powerful. Um, I guess uh, any, any, any comments before we get started? I'm, I'm going to jump right in with uh, sort of the story of Nathan and, and Bathsheba and Uriah. Okay, so we are going to go to 2 Samuel. Oh, there we go. 2 Samuel 11. And we're going to do uh, verses 1 through 17 and then 26 and 27. And I will read this. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. Um, it, it, it says some things that, that really speak to me, and, and it says them in a way that I really like. So that's the version I'll be reading from. Then it, then it happened in the spring, at the time when the kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she went, returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David, and said, I am pregnant. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked concerning the welfare of Joab and the people and the state of the war. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went, to the house, went out of the king's house, and a present from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the door of, his king, of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and he did not go down to his house. Now, when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? 
Neriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in temporary shelters, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? By your life and the life of your soul, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Stay here today also, and tomorrow I will let you go. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now David called him, and he ate and he drank before him, and he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie in his bed with his Lord's servants, but he did not go down to his house. Now in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he had written in the letter saying, Place Uriah in the front line of the fiercest battle and withdraw from him so that he may be struck down and die. So it was as, so it was, as Joab kept watch on the city that he put Uriah at the place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city went out and fought against Joab, and some of the people among David's servants fell, and Uriah the Hittite also died. And then we'll go over to verses 26 and 27. Now when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. When the time of mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife. Then she bore him a son. But the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. So that reads like the script for any soap opera from from today, only only on late night TV. I mean, there's there's a lot to that, and there's a, there's a lot to the sin. It's not one sin or another sin. It's I mean, there is a there is a cascading set of sins that we're talking about here. So, um, so we'll, well, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, how many, how many of the 10 commandments, uh, did David actually break? I mean, toss them out. Which, which ones do you think he broke? Yep. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to have to read my... It's likely you broke number three as well. <laughs> Should not take the Lord's name in vain. Fair <laughs> <laughs> false witness line. Yep. He covered it. That the way sin is, though, one cascades into the next. And, and then another and another and another. Absolutely. Any more that you can think of? Yeah, if we kind of work off of um, Alan's class about idolatry and the gods we had before, it seems as though he was involved in idolatry. Sexual passion was his god. His, he was his own, he became his own god. Yep, I agree with that. Amy, Amy pointed that out. Yeah, that's right. He didn't love the Lord as God. Okay. So I think these are all uh, these are all really good. I, I would also um, I read a couple of uh, commentaries um, that that in, 
suggested that he might have stolen as well. Um, so he stole he stole somebody else's wife. Okay. So there there are there are several of the the Ten Commandments that are are uh, are put together um, and are there to show us how to uh, treat. Uh, other humans, right? And I, I believe he broke all of them. Uh, the only other one that you might consider is honor your father and mother. Um, that that's another one that talks about interrelating with. Uh, but he broke he broke all of the commandments that teach you how to um, live a, a decent life here on this earth uh, with with uh, your with your fellow man. Um, so. What what is the what is the penalty? Does, does anybody know what what is the penalty for for any of these? There 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 are a couple I'm talking about in particular. Go for a murder. Yep, that's what I was looking for. So David broke arguably seven of the Ten Commandments, um, and he is under a double life sentence for, for his sins, right? So, so it's kind of a big deal what he's done, right? Um, so... How can he be a man after God's own heart? And, and that's, what we're, that's what we're getting after. It is his heart... That makes him a man after God's own heart, and as we as we get into what Nathan had to say and and his response, you know I'll, that'll be my opinion at that point. He, he he responds very very humbly and very frankly. I have sinned against the Lord, and and that was all he had to say about that, and and he knew it, and he moved into it right. Um, so so these are these are the the sins. So who did he harm? Uh, okay, that's good. Himself, Uriah, Bathsheba. I hope you guys can read. Joab. Joab, yep. The baby. Yep. Soldiers. Yep. Yeah, who withdrew? And then the soldiers who died. I, I'm sorry, this has never been a strong point for me. Who died? Yep, got that one. He's that. Yep. Yep, yeah, that's absolutely true. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, that yeah. 
in the palace. Yes, that, that's exactly right. The messengers. All right, so, so, so it's pretty clear that what he did uh, had, had lasting impact, not just on him and not just on his family, but there are a lot of people that he hurt. And, and we, could probably, we could probably work this list for a while and come up with, a, with, with others because that's how sin is, right? It, 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 it doesn't just hurt you, uh, regardless of what the sin is. It doesn't just hurt you. Um, I actually had that one there, yeah. Yep. The sword will never leave your house. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I should have Amy up here writing. You know, I, I don't know if y'all can read that or not. So 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 above and beyond the uh the the what he's done and who he's harmed, are are there any other things that just bother you about because I got a couple that, that that I'll toss out. But but are there things that just bother you about what he did and 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 how he did it? I I, I there are things that uh, I'll give you an example. He sent Uriah's death warrant to Joab with Uriah, and he knew that he could count on Uriah to be a man of integrity and not open the thing before he took it to Joab. He, he, he sent his own, that just offends me to, to, the, to the depths. Um, and Uriah wasn't just some guy. He was one of David's mighty men. He was one of the 30. He was one of the guys who joined David early in his, in his uh, when Saul was chasing him all over the place. He, he, he was part of his bodyguard. He, he was somebody that David knew and fought side, to side, side by side with. You don't do... So, so, so you, you know, that's, that's offensive. And, and uh, Eliam, um, who was Bathsheba's father, uh, was another one of David's mighty men. So that's two of David's 30 that, that he betrayed... Uh, as he was as he was doing this, so Eliam should be on the list too, right? Um, so that means he probably likely already knew Bathsheba, maybe not knew her well, but at least knew who she was. And when he saw her naked, went, "I remember her." Yeah, that that's that's. I, I I was thinking that too. I don't think you can live that close to the king's palace and and be. Uh, you, you're you're in kind of a clique at that point, I would think, and 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 you you know who lives next door to you. So, my guess too, absolutely. So he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was, wasn't he? If he had been at his post, exactly. Instead of getting up in the evening and walking, and walking around taking a nap during a day, and 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 walking around, if he had been out at battle with the other kings, yeah, exactly. He wasn't where God wanted him to be to begin with. Yep, I completely agree. Anything else? Anyone else? Well, he was 
read the fool of himself that he felt like he could do this without being repercussions. Yeah, yeah. He, he knew God better than that, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he lost himself, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I always read this. Um, you know, it, the older I get, the, the harder it is to read it without going, oh my goodness, I, I cannot believe the extent of things that he went to. Mm-hmm. You know, down to the part about uh, having Uriah carry his own death warrant. Um, but it's pretty easy to read this and it sound pretty sterile. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is a history book, mm-hmm. after all. But you got to wonder, what's going on in, in David's mind? I mean, is he thinking, oh my goodness, I've got I've to cover this up somehow. And, you know, his, in a sense, loses his mind because he has got to take care of this somehow. Um, and and we don't, of course, we don't get that in any sense at all, but I, I think at the very least it speaks to the extent that we will go to to cover up our sins. Yep. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Jack? I would say that David clearly was a narcissist. Yeah. So I think we can get it that way. Yeah. Well, the other side of it Jack is Talent. that he, he just didn't care. He knew he was a king and he could get away with whatever he wanted. Well, however you want to view it, it is really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that was the point I wanted to, to get out of this. You know, David, he was a man after God's own heart and he restored. But this is not like this is this is a lot of sin and it's and and the thing that the thing that i liked about the new american standard they're they're the, the other versions say it differently um but but the end of verse 27 it says but the thing that david had done was evil in the sight of the lord um and uh, i read that and you know the symbols clashed and and i went wait a minute that's we're talking about david here but those are the words that were used to describe Ahab. And those are the words that were used to describe Manasseh and all of the others who did evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, those are the very words that were used for, for, for David there. And, uh, it made me realize this, this is, this is, this is a, this is a big deal. And it was a big, big, big deal to God. And that's why he sent Nathan, right? Um, and it also was very sobering to me because it made me think, you know, I, I, we have a tendency, I think, sometimes to sterilize our own sin. Um, and uh, it made me think, wow, how much of what I have done in my life is evil in the sight of the Lord? You know, and I, I think we could all look at, 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 at parts of our lives and, and think the same thing. Um, and then I just wanted to, to kind of finish off with uh, 1 Kings 15.5 um, as, as kind of a follow-on to that. David did what's right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he had commanded him all the days of his life except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And that's how the, the writer of, the, of uh, Kings uh, described David. So... Any other comments on on this part before we before we kind of move on? What would happen to David if he 
just said, okay, I, I sinned and I've done the wrong thing. He wasn't a common guy walking down the street and wouldn't have done anything to him. He wasn't going to lose his kingship. No, no, you're right. Um, so he just made it worse by continuing on. Right, right, absolutely. He wasn't the only king had ever done that. Right. You know, that nope, nope, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But it's a lesson to me that if I'm not intentional with my walk with God, I think I'm capable of anything. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think we all are. We all are. I, I agree. We're yeah. Yeah, absolutely. David didn't sin by glancing out the window and seeing her. It it took some intention for him to continue looking at her. Yep. That's how he began to covet, and that's how he began to get deeper into that plot that led him, you know, completely down that road. Had he glanced out the window, seen her, and realized that's not my wife, and walked away, you know, yeah. nothing would have happened. Yep, yeah, absolutely. But he just kept embracing, you know, that sin, and it just, and it took him over. Yeah, absolutely. Keith? Yeah, I guess I... Uh, I like the term disappointed because mm-hmm. he disappointed a lot of people, but mm-hmm. some people were hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody that knew of this yeah. eventually was hurt. And even we would be hurt by the person you described, the shepherd. Yeah. So the list is a little short, and we will never be able to mention all of them. Hurt, but some people did suffer, suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Richard? I think that reading this, it's easy to have a better than thou attitude. Well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. But no matter what one's sin is, it's whether it's gossiping or apathy or hate in your heart, or prejudice. It's, it's all the same. Yep, absolutely. So it's easy to yeah. think better than thou. Yeah, it's, 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 it's easy to grade our sins, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We have all lingered too long where we shouldn't have. Yeah. And not just in, in looking at something, but in, in many situations that yep. we should have realized this is not where I need to be. Yep. And turned away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so for me, recognizing the magnitude of David's sin um, was was very hope hopeful for me. Because I looked at it and I went, Okay, I I I can come back from this. And and you know, that's you know, the the beauty and the power of and, and we talk about we we'll talk about Psalm fifty one, but, but in reality, Psalm 51 in my mind foreshadows Christ and, and what we have, uh, through Christ, um, in, in forgiveness, in restoral, in washing, in purifying, in, in so many different things. Um, so, okay. So what, unless there are any other comments, we'll, we'll jump on to what, what God had to say about this, um, in, uh, 2 Samuel 
uh, 12, and we're going to do 1 through 15. And this is, uh, this is uh, Nathan rebuking David. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and he said, there were, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had many great flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and his children. It would eat of his bread and drink of his cup and lie in his bosom, and was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man and was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd to prepare, prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. Rather, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. And this is David's response. Then David's anger burned greatly against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die. He must make restitution for the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and had no compassion. Then David, then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, and this is God speaking, It is I who anointed you king over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your care, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added many more things like these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you from your own household. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Indeed, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and under the sun. And here's David's response. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord has also taken away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is, your, is born to you shall, shall surely die. So Nathan went to his house. So that's kind of an uh-oh moment for, for David, I would think. Um, What any initial comments before before I jump in and, and kind of step through a couple things? David to been Nathan. Yeah. I mean, David has just shown his ability to sin, and a lot of times the messenger didn't fare too well. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. I thought it was interesting how blind he was to his own sins. Mm-hmm. He could describe all of this, and he would feel so justified to say that he should die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh oh. He thought he could get away with it. Yep. 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 Exactly. And that's exactly what he thought. I thought it was interesting that he 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And and burning with anger. Yeah, I I noted that too. Yeah. In in God's words when Nathan's saying what God says, I of course hear anger, but I also hear heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the utter lack of self-awareness. And we had this whole list up here, and David was upset about a stupid sheep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eddie? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He took a lot for granted, didn't he? Yeah, well, it just seems like a real lack of gratitude and contentment, which I think we can also have problems with. Absolutely. Our society is geared towards generating that in us. I mean, our consumer culture survives by us being discontent and wanting more and not being grateful for everything that God has given us. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And and, and you, you almost hear, you know, Tim described it as heartbreak. You know, as God was saying, I did this and I did this and I did then it what it wasn't good enough. Look at look at all that I did for you. And I would have done more. If that wasn't enough, you should have just let me know. I would have done more. I mean it, that that's almost the tone of, of what he's saying in response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, a total lack of gratitude. Yeah. So praise God that he has mercy that David could ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's consequences for that, but praise God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing, Kelly. One thing I'm impressed with David when he's confronted, he says, I sinned against the Lord. He didn't start blaming Bathsheba and Uriah for not going home and all the other people involved. He yep. took the responsibility yep. right there. Yep. That's exactly right. And and it was a it, it, it 
to me, it sounded extremely humble. And it was like all of the things that Nathan said were all of the things that David needed to hear because all of a sudden his demeanor changed. You know, a few minutes before that, you know, and, 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 and I look at it and I think, well, look at the hypocrisy of David's response. You know, as, as he's talking, he's burning with anger and that man deserves to die. Well, no, that man doesn't deserve to die. Uh, he, he stole a lamb. The, the actual, the actual, he, he, he said that and then he said, okay, what he actually has to do is he has to pay back four lambs for one. That was the, that was the Old Testament law. If you, if you steal a lamb, you, you pay it back fourfold. So he got the judgment right in the end, but his initial response was so hypocritical, you deserve to die. Well, who, who deserved to die? David deserved to die. Um, and he, he, he had lost, he'd lost sight of it. Um, so, let's see if I, you guys, uh, even though that was his immediate response, though, you know, like most sin, you gotta know that he knows this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows it's wrong because everybody knows it's wrong. Yeah. And then he knows it's wrong because he's covering up. And then he knows it's wrong because he's covering up, covering up. Yeah. So, if it had to be, I mean, like most of us, when you're in that situation, you're being eaten up by the sin. Yeah, so. and, and and that is that is absolutely true. And and we will uh, when we start talking about it, you know, in 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 the psalm that he wrote about this, one of the things he said was, you know, I I know my transgressions and my sins are always before me. So he talks about that, um, and then we'll when we do, we'll we'll look at Psalm 32, and it gives a heartbreaking rundown from David of how he felt as he was keeping everything hidden. So so we'll find out that David David actually was was pretty crushed in spirit by what he had done and he's he's keeping a pretty good face about it and and he's keeping it tamped down, you know, as best he can. Um but but certainly he 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 knew he he knew he had sinned. He knew it was wrong. Um and uh and he finally, you know, he confessed and and that was what brought him uh relief. Um, Joe, uh, it would be an interesting exercise to read a, a modern culture uh, interpretation of, or version of what happened. And the reason I say that is because of language. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's his living girlfriend, or, you know, they're sure. having uh, a little affair. Right. As opposed to calling things what they are and I, I read a shocking example of the power of words uh, I'm reading the 1619 project and I was so struck by this author calling plantations forced labor camps hmm. I, I it just almost made me fall over I mean I grew up with the word oh you know they had to look at that plantation all that but this power of those words of forced labor camps were so powerful to me to call something what it was sure yeah and it's so easy to use words to cover things up to smooth things over yeah instead of what they are yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and and that's the interesting thing about, you know, Nathan certainly didn't do that. 
you know, he, 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 he went line by line. You, you, you took Uriah's wife. You killed him with the sword of the, the Ammonites. You, you did this. You did that. And, you know, he was faced with it, and, and, and his answer was, I sinned. And he, and he said, and, and, and we'll talk about this when we, when we get into Psalm 51, I, I've sinned against the Lord. That was, that was what he said. You know, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. There were a lot of people impacted, but he sinned against the Lord, right? So, and, and, and that was what he humbly said. Um, so, so, you know, Don asked earlier, what, what, why was David able to do this? And why was David able to overcome it and, and, and recover from it? And I think it's his response here. And that's what Gary is going to talk to you all about next week a little bit. How did, how did, and, and I believe what he's going to do is he's going to look at how did, how did Saul respond to Samuel when Samuel called him out? He responded differently. Uh, much, much differently, um, and uh, I, you know, and then, then I think Gary's going to have have a look at at how David responded, and and I think that humble hum- humility and that and that that heart that truly did love God and that that, that was humble and that was um, willing to seek after God and 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 really wanted God with 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 his whole heart. I think that. Is 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 what makes all the difference. So, any other thoughts or comments on on this? I think we all need mentors. Yep. And I have a ministry. They're sitting right here, and I would be lost without them. Couldn't that if you just want to buy mentors? But you need people to remind you. Yeah. Or yeah. simply say. It's not fun being David sometimes. Yeah. It's a whole other show here. <laughs> Verse 14 is one that kind of hits me here. And it says that because you did this, you have shown utter contempt yes. for the Lord. And yes. Like, have I done that? Yeah. I mean, that's, yep. that's a scary place to be. Yep. Yeah, in verse ten he says, you know, God actually says, "You have despised me." Yeah, and 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 then and then shown utter contempt. Yeah, and we can live our lives that way and and not be sinning in in some grand and, and glorious way, but but we can uh, we can we can certainly live our lives in a way that that shows contempt for God, um, just through daily repetitive sin and and, and failure and and. Uh, Okay, so we've got about six minutes left. Um, uh, Amy? Oh, you're just, I thought you're. That's the, that's. 
Um, what I thought I would do is just go ahead and read through Psalm 51 from beginning to end um, and give you a flavor for what it says across the board and then just very briefly hit on how I think it is organized and structured um, and and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it good for this evening. Um, and I'm actually going to read the, uh, the, the superscription or whatever it is beforehand. For the director of music, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the, blood, the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So, uh, NIV, the newest NIV. Yeah, I memorized it in the old NIV, so I read through and I go, I'm, I'm in the wrong verb. Um, uh, so, the, the way I, the way I, when I, when I look at this, I, I see sort of a, uh, a progression, um, as, as David begins to, you know, you, you begin to see the recovery in his, in his spirit. Um, he, he begins, you know, with, with just, uh, verses one and two, he, he just completely humbles himself. And, and, and it's mercy and it's your unfailing love and your great compassion blot out my transgressions. He is, he is really kind of on his face before God, um, and, and completely, hum, completely humble. Um, and then he moves from from that just abject, you know, humility. He moves into uh, a time of confession, um, and and that is verses three through six. 
um, and not just confession, uh, but ownership uh, of his sins. Uh, and I think that's really, really powerful and really, really important. I know my transgressions against you. You only have I sinned. You are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. He's, he is, at this point, he is saying, I have messed up in a huge way. Um, and I am confessing with everything I've got, um, my sins. Um, and then, um, he moves from, from that to, uh, a time of petition where he is just asking God for the things he knows he needs. Um, and, you know, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Uh, Hide your face from my sins. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and restore steadfast spirit within me. Uh, don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. He just, it's a series of, of, uh, almost pained requests for, you know, what, what, um, what he knows he needs from God and what I think he knows God wants to give him. Um, and then he kind of moves from that. So humility, um, confession, petition, then he moves into response. Um, and, and this was beautiful for me when I, when I realized this, um, Hey, I believe you're, I believe you're going to answer all these petitions, all these requests, all these things I've asked of you. I believe you're going to give me a new spirit. I believe you're going to give me a pure heart. I believe you're going to give me a steadfast spirit. And when you do, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach transgressors your ways. Sinners are going to return to you. I'm going to give my life to you. Like Paul says, a living sacrifice. I'm going to give my life to you, and I'm going to do this. My tongue will sing of your righteousness. Um, my mouth will declare your praise. Um, I'm, I'm offering you a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Um, so, so this is all, you know, David's response to, to God and, and, uh, and a really powerful response, I think. And then 18 and 19, those are a little different and we'll talk about them when we get to them in the, in the scripture. Um, there, there's, some folks think that these were added later. Um, they were, they were verses that were added later, uh, because David had just gotten done saying, um, you know, delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. And, and the people who were responsible for temple sacrifice and maintaining the psalm book said, Whoa, I'm not so sure. Maybe we need to add something to soften that language a little bit. Um, that, that is one of the, the theories. I personally believe that David was, was, um, likening himself to the the uh state of israel at the time and and saying you know will you prosper zion will you build up the walls of zion, of jerusalem if you do that then all of these th these normal things will will get back to normal you'll delight in the sacrifices the righteous the burnt offerings offered whole bulls will be offered on your altar i i think david is painting a picture of his own restoral and what it's going to look like when he gets to that point so um, that, that's my opinion. Uh, I know there are others who, who, who read that differently. Um, so, so that's it. We really are out of time, but any, any last, um, any last thoughts or, or anything before we, before we break for, for the evening? All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you very much. And, and thanks for helping teach the class. <laughs> Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. 
Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.